0: Welcome to episode 315 of Texing, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. This is almost an impromptu episode. Um, we I came to Jason's house to work today, but then we started talking about stuff, and Jason said this should be on the show, so we just whipped out the tape recorder and we're just gonna start going here.
1: Yeah, so. well, every time every time we have a conversation <laughs> even when we're not recording, I feel like we're just missing stuff that would that would have been good. But wasting time. Also that and I'll just repeat what I said. Well, we weren't recording is that i feel like our shows are better the more frequent they are because we're not summarizing material we're sort of talking spontaneously and in the moment when stuff is new and fresh and yeah mo- most interesting and and the details are all fresh in your mind as opposed to saying well okay so i was thinking about this two months ago and that and it's just it's not as good right
0: yeah i know i totally agree so Once a
1: lot happens in a week I know. (laughs) I feel like a lot happens. I mean, I'm just like, I I mean, I could could do a show. I could... Oh, you could do a show every day. Yeah, I could do a show every day. I mean, you could. But I'm just like running through my head, and I'm just like, Jesus, like, I could queue up 10 things probably that have happened that would be, I think, would make for interesting discussions. Just just, just since uh, last week. I mean, yeah, but your life is a
0: little a little different you know like you, a lot of stuff comes your way you've got so you're such a big network you've got so much luck surface area that's why you got a lot to i think it's because i'm just a spaz <laughs> <It could
1: be. laughs> I, think, I think that's the problem oh by the way i'm looking at our pictures here and i we probably need to update them because i don't think we look as much like that anymore because <laughs> those are from like 2009 right right they, they are so we're exactly. almost gone kind of 10 years i have definitely have more gray in my beard in my yeah, right? Right. Well you haven't changed that much, but I I've just, kind of changed. So. I think you're looking better. Oh I'm think, looking better. yeah, be- you're looking good. You look looking better. I think you're looking <laughs> <laughs> We should do a professional headshot. Yeah. <laughs> but i am definitely I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, I've probably changed I've probably changed a little bit, you know. It's weird when people show you pictures from like when they were in college and they're like forty, yeah. you're like, dude. Like, who the hell on. is that? It's just weird. Yeah. Um Yeah, so you said you had something that you wanted to uh talk yeah. about.
0: Well, um you know you know I think it was I don't know whether it was last show or the show before you were talking about this concept of you and me, like having back and forths and um, little little kind of friction slash argument. Just to, and it was essentially just finding the truth. And and then mm-hmm. you also spoke about you know us when we're mocking up uh, math academy. That's what we're doing, finding the truth. Well, I'm just thinking that that is kind of a mental model that happens a lot. Like. When I code, that's what I do with myself You're arguing with myself I argue with myself over like a, over a period of a couple of days so I'll, I'll like start I'll start out and do you know create some classes and some concepts and think about it, and then I'll be like in the shower and I'll be like, no, that was dumb that that's not the way to do it No, you idiot <laughs> what do you think <laughs> and then I'll go back and I'll like have a second try and then i'll go okay and and it you just gradually get closer and closer to the truth so you know the one the one thing I'm think, thinking about specifically that I've gone through the last couple of days is in the academy uh, people create these basically can create their project and so they go and they create their project but the thing is we only want them to create their project at stage five step four we just want them to create their project we don't want them to be able to check in their stats about the growth of their project Yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't happen until stage seven so I kind of was I kind of put in all these ifs and ands and I'm like okay so you know if stay if this if that and that and this and then like show different screens and different stuff and then I'm like oh that's 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 really bad I need to do something different so then I thought you know I really need like a state mechanism remember like you built that state mechanism for what was the state mechanism state for? Machine was, or it, was it for any food or something like where you know they're, they're in different states and so you can just Basically, query the state of what they're
1: at. Yeah, right now. yeah. I uh, I can't remember what project. But that was I think for. A
0: st- I think a state mechanism slash state machine is always the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, so it's just like this simple this simple thing of just saying, okay, what you know, what state is this person? And then you just you just give back one response, just basically say, you know, create basic profile. You know, create profile with check. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Or, or now they can edit it. Now they can you know edit it in a different way. So that was really the argument that I was going through the last couple of yeah, days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. State machine. God, I haven't had this discussion in a long time, but a state machine is like, it's more than a design pattern. It's sort of like a, uh, it's almost, it's like, it's really a computer science. Yeah. Uh, it is. I mean, it's a more of a computer science, um, idea concept. I mean, if you go on, um, you know, uh, Wikipedia, like I'm just, I just brought real quick state machine. finite state, and they got finite state machine or state machines. Yeah. So, Um, Yeah, when you have situations, right, where you have states and you have lots of things that can affect the state or be affected by the state, it tends to be creating, following that kind of diagramming, I mean, that kind of coding paradigm can simplify. Yeah, so I don't think I'm talking about a state machine. I'm just talking about a state mechanism. So basically,
0: I'm just saying, look, I'm going to have one variable and that's going to give me back a State that I can then switch on, and based based on that state, I can display different stuff. And I don't need to have like twelve different ifs and ands. Well, I can have the
1: dude. It is a state machine. I'm telling. you. I is mean, that a, a state is machine. A doesn't state doesn't machine? Have to, yeah, yeah, no, it is. I mean, a finite state machine does not have to be elaborate. Okay, it doesn't have to. I mean, it can solve r- relatively simple problems, and obviously, control extremely complex problems but mm-hmm. you should take a look at it just kind of do a real through like okay. a, a you know basic introduction of finite state machines or how you know implementing a finite state machine in JavaScript, whatever and and see if it's some. Um, it, it might provide sort of give you some ideas of like oh that's a nice clever we kind of
0: we all end up at the same place basically once you've been coding for a long enough you'll realize oh yeah that state mechanism state machine way of doing things just simplifies everything yeah. in fact you know i said i said that we don't have the ifs and Ands and ors. You do, but you just have them in a specific place and they just generate the state. Yeah. You know? So, anyway, that, you know, after like three iterations of like thinking about it and arguing with myself and showering and, you know. You are yourself more or less when you're in the shower. Uh, it's, 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 you know what it is? It's an uncomfortable feeling. That's what it is. It's a, com- a feeling of discomfort. Like you you create some code. And you just have this feeling of discomfort and it sits with you. It's in the pit of your stomach and you're driving around, you're doing stuff and you're like,
1: I don't like this. This uh, is not right.
0: This wasn't, that wasn't right. Oh, you know, and you just, your body, your mind just keeps on like cogitating on it. And it's like a little piece of sand in it. or Something. Yeah. Anyway. So I thought that that's a good good mental model, you know, like that, that kind of finding the truth idea.
1: Yeah. You know, um, so speaking of coding. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so I think, I don't know if I, I talked about this the last week where I said that I was, I came with a project for Colby and I to work on. Did uh, I talk about this?
0: You mentioned, I can't remember if it was on the show or offline.
1: Yeah, I'll just, so, you know, he has his intro computer science course and he, he has actually two computer science courses, which I, I think I already talked about. And they're really basic. And so he spends a lot of his time not, you know, just kind of trying to find stuff to do, you know? And so he's reading, he's, apparently he's finished, he, he claims he's finished all the work for the entire semester on free code camp so he's done like 150 lessons and he's just like okay this is dumb all right and uh so i said look why don't we work on a project together and he said let's work on a game and i was like oh great so i was like a game you know because games are can be hard right yeah and oh uh, yeah you did. and i'm not an experienced game developer i've never if i never built a working game you know i, I so I don't even really have um, uh, enough experience to go, oh, I know, here's the paradigm we're going to use. This is what we're going to do. I mean, not that I can't figure it out, but I'm just... And then, of course, kids, they always want to build like the next Fortnite or Civilization or something, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And so I was like, you know... And then I had this idea. I was like, why don't we create uh, a strategy game like um, uh, Space Empires, which... Remember when when I tried to pull you into that? We did that one time, one Mm -hmm. day, and it was like... I think we played for probably three hours and we still didn't finish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. game, the board game, was so complicated. With Phil. It was so complicated. Yeah. I mean, all these, all those board strategy games are complicated. They have a complex set of rules, and the, especially the first couple times you play, can take four to six hours. So, I mean, even a regular game can take four hours. We could take six hours because you're fumbling around with the rules and bookkeeping everything. And okay, yeah. what's your technology level? And how many destruction points do you have? And all this stuff. Well, you can't move this here. You know, and it's just mm-hmm. um, so. I was like, why don't we build like a simple version of that? Like a turn-based strategy game, you know? And um, so, and as I, of course, I've been looking, i reading the rules, I'm like, God, this is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Izzy was like, do you understand the game yet? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I mean, I understand it in general, but do I have all the rules in my head? Not completely. And so I was like, okay, what we'll do is, is, is you know, following kind of best practice with coding, it's like, what's the simplest game? Version of this that we can build, yeah. and I was like, rather than maybe exploring, we'll just do like combat. Like you have this many ships, I have this many ships, and then they go out and move across grids and they attack each other, kind of like chess, okay. right? You know, except maybe you kind of, um, yeah, maybe you just make it like chess at first. You have different types of, you have scouts and destroyers and dreadnoughts and this and that. Maybe they're positioned in different places, and then they just go in and attack, and that way you, you learn how to do the combat mechanism. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And movement and combat, which is more than enough for a little mini project. So I started working on that and um, or Colby and I started working on it together. And um, at first I was like, okay, this is interesting. So I was like, well, let's use ob- let's do a class based object oriented design to this because he'd taken three or four weeks of Java classes this summer. I mean, he understands object oriented coding. To a degree, and I was like, and so we started doing it. But the one thing about it is, is doing um, event handlers in classes. Have you do you use uh, class-based JavaScript or you just use
0: functions? I uh, use I use class-based stuff when I need to. I mean, yeah. yeah, And and events and stuff like that. I mean, Laravel's an event-driven framework. Okay, yeah. okay
1: right, right, right. So because um, for the longest time you really didn't do that, so I didn't know if you yeah, yeah, it kind of worked around it. So, um, but the problem is, is that when you're just doing when you're doing objects and you have the this you know you know on you know whatever add div dot add event listener you know on mouse click and then you pass the function and and you say like this dot on mouse down or something that doesn't work right because the this is not the right this it's not the right right? this yeah you have to um you have to kind of wrap it in another function and then have a, that, this itself equals this and pass yeah. this itself yeah. in there or whatever, or you can use the arrow function. But then the whole arrow function is like, well, what the hell are arrow functions and stuff? Like this a, there's a lot of complexity there, okay? So I, so I was walking back with Colby and I was like, okay, so it's really easy when you write inline, you write like in JavaScript, you know, div, in, in, inside the div and you're like on click equals and you yeah. pass the function, okay? Yeah. Like that's not super hard and you have a function somewhere that does that. And there's another one, so if you create that div, um, dynamically, and then you assign the dot on mouse down equals this or dot ad, like then, but then when you start getting classes and then, then you go, okay, let's do class. Let's not use arrow functions on mouse down equals an in inline fun- function. What's did- an uh,
0: arrow function?
1: You know, they even use the arrow functions. So arrow functions, um, I can, they call it fat arrow. So it'd be like, you don't write, so like maybe how you write like an inline function, Yeah. instead of writing an inline function, you would just say, you would, you wouldn't write the word function, you just write the parameters. Let's say it was just event. So you just say like E and then you write the fat arrow thing and then the body of the function. Well, when that, when you use arrow functions, they don't, it doesn't have its own this, so you can just use, you can, when you say this dot, you call this dot on mouse down inside that function, it's the, this of the of the, <laughs> of the object, not... Does that make a sense? that's part of JavaScript? Yeah, that's like the new more sort of ECMOD 6 yeah. or JavaScript 2016. I don't know. They keep changing the names of these things. I'm I don't know what the hell this it. is. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's like some of the newer, cooler stuff, you know, because you with the classes... So, you know, you can you can do inheritance and stuff without... You don't have to say, like... You don't have to explicitly talk about the, use the prototype and everything. It's just sort of uh, with a syntactical sugar to make it look like mm-hmm. that. So I was just, it was funny because I was with Colby. I was like... Okay, should, in one sense, it was like it's really easy. It's much easier to model a game with objects. Okay, we have a game object. We have a board object. We have, a, we have player objects. We have marker objects. You know, it's like, and you can model it because you're like, well, this has this and this is that. And you can just, it all makes sense of where the data is. But then you have things like these event handlers and stuff and arrow functions. And you're just like, this is like four steps down of like making stuff easier. And if you haven't used it at the more basic level, it's a little hard to kind of get your head around. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Because you and I have traveled down that path where we wrote inline event handlers and then we signed them dynamically. And then, you know, it's like you kind of, it's just one more step for us. But for somebody who's learning first time, it's like, okay, we're going to skip the first three steps and this is how you want to do it. And they're just like, what? (laughs) Why? So then I was like, Maybe I'll just. Maybe we'll just try and write it with just functions, kind of almost like you're writing using like C or something. You know, we just have a bunch of sort of structs and a bunch of functions. I can't even write code like that anymore. I started doing it and I was like, I don't even know. It's like you have these global variables. It just was so hard for me to even think about. What, what I, I, I think what I've decided to do is I'm just going to write object oriented, but I'm just going to give him a few more like lessons on. Event handling, just so he can kind of see it. And, I, and I, I almost said, look, here's how you do an event handler. You just put wrap it in this arrow funk, just wrap, use this code as boilerplate. Don't even worry about it. Like, this is what it looks like. Later, we'll go into understand why. I always want to say, here we did an on event, on event, on mouse down event handler. Just that, just copy paste this code and you can just change this thing. And we'll that's talk. where
0: I think you might want to consider doing something like jQuery because it just makes it so easy to do that. You know, he would understand it. So, so like, not
1: with the object-oriented stuff it doesn't really change that. How do you mean? Well, if you're doing an it doesn't doesn't change like if you're doing event handlers and you in this functions and and using this and everything, you still have to. Well,
0: you just register. So, with jQuery, you just basically re- so you do dollar then open brackets and then you you just say whatever the yeah on it, click, right yeah no um, well you just you just say what the class is you know so okay. so like you the 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 target element you you can target it by id so that would just be a hash then the name or the class yeah. just the dot and then the name and then you basically just create a function and then in there the this is that this
1: the, yeah this. so i'm saying that's not really object-oriented programming that's more of a functional right or okay. not it's not a functional program but it's non um i have a hard time creating mental models and keeping track of everything right okay. i mean i've just done object oriented design i mean that's how i've thought about coding ever since Jesus, I mean, ever but, since high school, so it's like I—I I don't. Even, it's hard for me to think. Like when you look at like do, the Doom Code, and they all wrote everything in C. It's yeah. like it's just hard for you to imagine, like how the hell they keep track of all these global variables and you but know like, structs you and stuff. You
0: could do you could do something like what I just described. So that that's your trigger. So it just makes it super easy to just write functions. Yeah, I'm not gonna do. And that. then I'm
1: not gonna do jQuery.
0: <laughs> no, but but then to to instead of doing structs, you just do like a you know you just, um, you know, like you, the kind of JSON type initialization? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, var equals... Yeah, the like object literal. So that's like your objects that you're working with. So yeah. then, So you don't have like a, a littered scope that way.
1: That yeah, be, so you have, yeah, so you just have but you have like, you have some you, not, I mean, you, you have global object literals yeah. and global like sort of collections that have other object literals or something. Yeah, so basically,
0: your the structure of your thing is just in those global objects and then you're dealing with events is i mean you're just using a jquery helper to just access the i don't think clicks. i don't think
1: the jake to me the jquery stuff doesn't buy you anything in this case cuz you can just say you know uh you know you get element by id or, or I, you know and just get the get the, you have a you have an you access the thing and you just say on, on click or our add event listener i don't really think it buys you that much in this context that's just my perspective but i'm just trying to think i don't think I just don't think I'm kind of on the fence, but I I think I'm going to do the object oriented and say, here, this is just how you do an event handler. We'll break it down. But I don't know. I mean, it's just, it is hard though. Yeah, that's definitely, it It is hard that you have to make, you have to make, you have to kind of skip through three steps. I don't know. Well, you'll work it out and we'll hear it here. Yeah. (laughs) What's I kind of was getting the madness about it. It was funny. It was, it was early. It was like Tuesday morning, I think. And, and, um, I woke up early at like five o'clock I couldn't go to sleep and Sandy's like you know she takes Colby to school about 6 30 in the morning and she's like I'm like I'll take him she's like why and I'm like <laughs> she's like you just want to talk to him about the game don't you I'm like maybe <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah I just um you know I get a little bit of the madness you're like oh let's work on the game let's work on the game mm. um this it's fun though I was looking at this other thing, have you heard of the 13, there's this thing called like the 13 kilobyte game competition? Mm -mm, So, you have to, your entire game zipped up, including assets of any kind, Wow! and you can use no external libraries of any kind, has to be 13, no larger than 13k. And there's some ridiculous games. Some guy did like a first person shooter. What? (laughs) Oh my lord. There's some pretty, I I haven't played around with that one, I played another one and I was just messing around with it, It it was good. I was like, "This is impressive what people can do." Um,
0: now, did he does he like compiling it down to some kind of weird bytecode or something?
1: No, nope, no, nope. you can use it. You can use it. You know, you can use any standard JavaScript minimizer. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, you can, it has to be JavaScript. And it's zipped up. So zipped up, minified, and zipped up. That's the that's the databra third game, which is not much. Yeah. So the one guy was like called Underrun or something. And the guy was talking about all the music and stuff. He's like in his past games that he ran, like that stuff had taken like, you know, 50 megs or something, like just crazy amount just for all the sound and stuff. So he wrote, he generated the music using like some kind of a music program. And then he then what he did is he wrote JavaScript that would actually generate the sound the, the generate the sound
0: <laughs> and then it took
1: like you know 40 you know like 2k or something wow. it was incredible i mean the ingenuity was just we'll just put amazing. well you put the link i'll a that. Link to yeah, put was, a link yeah that. So that sounds interesting i was inspiring when you just look what people can do because he was looking at he was he was some of the tricks he was using you're just like i mean it's just it just blows you. it's just humbling to think that people can not have it's just it's just really impressive that people can do that kind of stuff.
0: Could you do an interim step to, to like show the object stuff? Like rather than go full on game, yeah. do do like a pre-game or something?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I was thinking about that too. I was thinking what we can do is create, is I can create some mini, mini project challenges that are like pieces of it. Just do this. What I want you to do, like one was I click on a square to select a piece and then I click another square and it moves the piece to there. Like that's... When you haven't done that before, it's like, well, how do you do that? What does that even do? You know, I mean, you and I might look at it and go, well, that's like 10 lines of code or something like that. You know, but then, of course, it's a little more complicated. So then when you click on it and you click on it again, it unselects it. And then it shows that's been selected. And, you know, there's a few Oh yeah. steps into getting that right. Because I actually, I, I was... I actually went ahead. I, I was actually coding some of it ahead on my own. I, I cloned it and I said, "Let me <laughs> just work ahead, so I can." Because what happens is, when you're not sure how to do it, and he's and he's sitting there and he's confused, and you're kind of like, "Oh wait, how do I do this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Let me just go through this and know exactly. Like, this is what we want to do. This is this is how you do it." And so I did that, and I was just like, "Yeah, this was this was a few." <laughs> I mean, I was like, "It's not hard in the sense that you would look at it and go, well, I don't know how you do that.' If it, you're it just." you end up working on a longer new thought and just kind of like, Oh wait, why is it not selecting? Oh wait, why is this happening? And then you have to just go through and debug and anyway, but, um, yeah. So, uh, um, so... we, we're, we're here to work, um, in theory, in theory,
0: <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, we you found, you found a designer, which is great.
1: Yeah. So, um, I kind of took your advice to heart. I mean, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking I need a designer at times. And at times, I was like, well, I'm trying to find a designer who can just, I can just say, hey, build X, and I can build something and use sort of like our general look and feel to design something that's usable. But then I started thinking, like, maybe that's, especially after you brought that up, like, maybe that's not a good idea, especially since I actually need real designs ultimately. Yeah. It yeah. can't just be designed by Jason, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. And so, um, I went online and I went on Upwork and posted it. I found some pretty good people, um, kind of around the $25 range, $30 range. And a lot of people who are kind of new to Upwork and don't really have much portfolio. But, you know, a lot of them, they were all Mm US-based. They're all people that had worked professionally doing that, are working professionally. and They're working full-time and maybe they want to do this on the side. Some people freelancing. Can you, like, just describe that process? Because that's something I need to get
0: in the academy is, like, how do you find a designer?
1: Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so Upwork which used to be it's like it was a it's like Elance acquired Odesk, Odesk or something right, yeah. and it came yeah. They merged or something. Yeah, so it's now called Upwork. Um, so you just go on, create an account and then you post a job. And you go up there and you type in a title and write in a description and then you have some filters, US only, non-US, mm-hmm. is it a is it a project based thing or is it an hourly, for fixed bid or is it an hourly thing? Um, so you don't browse range, so you don't browse, you can't, but,
0: but, but your, your, your recommendation is don't skip that part. Just post the job first. No, No, no,
1: well, uh, I do both. So here's what I do. Sometimes I'm just curious. You just want to see, look around. So type in JavaScript UI UX or whatever database. MongoDB, whatever the hell you're looking for. Yeah. And it'll list a ton of people. And you start browsing through, but some people will be like $150 an hour, and some people will be $7 an hour. Right? <laughs> yeah. and you're like, okay, okay, this guy in Pakistan is charging $7 an hour, and he doesn't look like, you know, this guy, this guy in, you know, New York is charging $150. You know, and whoa, well, there's somebody in, in LA who's charging, you know, 90 and then someone's charging 40 So how then... do you find the gold? Like, how do you know,
0: okay this guy is charging 25 but he's equivalent to a 70 buck guy over there
1: yeah so okay first of all things that are like these are just indicators is one you know just looking at their profile so they'll say they'll kind of talk about what they've done what they know yeah you know and if they and some you can just sort of tell some people or just seems like they're listing out stuff for some people just by the it seems like they. It feels more real, legitimate. You Fair. know, like they just, and especially because it's it's more esoteric stuff. Like you're not just going to randomly list that. Okay. I know JavaScript. I know Angular, and I know this. Okay. <laughs> if someone, if it's some people, like, well, you know, they start talking about, about React, but they talk about Redux, and we do this and this, and they talk about how they use it in different projects. You're like, okay, so this person,
0: has yeah. actually worked. But on how this. how does that translate to something like a designer?
1: Okay, so for the designers. Um, I typed in UI UX because I yeah. wanted somebody who was a UX, but not just a web designer. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of people who really what they can do is they can create a design for your WordPress site. Yeah. Right. You're going to have people, uh, you know, are you going to find people under just graphic designer who design brochures and t shirts and stuff? But you're looking for web design UX. Like, for in this case, I was looking for UI UX. Okay. okay? Yeah. And some people I found like they would list their skills, you know, and they do do mockups and they do high resolution screen design. That you know, like okay, so they are clearly that user flow and analysis. They start talking about that in previous projects. And this this um, crystal is the is the one I just as their designer I just hired. Yeah. And I went to her homepage because he listed her actual portfolio page, and it walked through an entire case study of how they looked at. Okay, this is what they're trying to do. Here are three or four projects that had similarities. You know, we looked at trello and we looked at this and we looked at that and then what were our design principles we we're going to use and then what we were going to and then went through the phases of stuff and i was like yep that's the whole process that you would go through that when you talk to professional ui ux they would go through this p- kind of look at competitors look at the constraints look at the principles go through mock-ups go through iterations and you're like yeah that sounds about right mm. and the price was right you know so, so uh, did you post
0: the project first or did you con- like message her first? Okay, so what
1: I do is I post a project. Had you found her at this stage? Well, so what you can do is you can go through it. Let's say you're just even thinking about it. You're like not even sure what you want to do. Yeah. You can go on there and then just save them. Save them, so okay. So you can go, oh, and just put like a look at her heart. Like this person looks really interesting. Okay, yeah. Go through, and you can just do lots of different filters. I want to look at. You can do location based. I just want people in the U.S., or I just want people in South America, or I just want people in Eastern Europe, or whatever. And you you can you know, want different. You can check different price ranges and all that kind of stuff. What is the price? I mean, is is like a
0: twenty-five to thirty dollars, like the kind of sweet spot of price range where you can get someone really valuable and you can you can get them for not too much.
1: So, I have had we. Oh, see. We've had some great experience at some of the companies I advise hired people twelve bucks an hour. Great experience with some developers and, but were they from obviously not from the u s not right? from the u s yeah, they were from like east Eastern europe, Russia wherever middle yeah. e- you know, just but really fast, wrote really good code. But they yeah. did a great job on our coding tests, really clean p h p and angular code, you know, and I was like, yeah, these people are solid coders, yeah, okay, um. I was skeptical. I didn't think that was be possible. I thought we're going to pay way more than that. So I was proven wrong. And so ever since then, I was just like, and it wasn't just like one dude, it was like six all at one time. <laughs> like we just were taking all of them. And I was just like, and I interviewed each one of them we them the code. So we gave them a coding test. We had, an eight, we, we had coded up an API. And then were they had, each individual or did they come through like an agency? They're each individual. So there are agencies up there. And this other project I'm involved in, we are we, we we use an agency because we needed someone kind of quick, and I wanted to make sure this person was really good. But we're paying a lot more because we're paying like twenty-five bucks an hour, thirty bucks an hour. This is for you fra- this is for no, another project. Another project, know. yeah. Um, I think we're overpaying. Not that he's not worth it, but because we're going through an agency, the agency is probably paying him twelve or fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So, but I needed somebody. I needed to just get it done. And I was just like, okay, I wasn't quite that price. We weren't quite that price sensitive at that point. You
0: have a preference about, you know, Eastern European, American, like what, like, is it different price ranges? Well, you're going
1: to have a hard time finding Americans who can work at that price level. So that, well, can you get into America? I, I'm talking, it? we can talk about anything, be, be but so, yeah, I find this fascinating because I think, I think people are, here's what I think. I mean. I don't think this diminishes the opportunities for people who charge 80 or 100, $150 an hour. It's just they're different markets, right? People who, people who keep, the people who are looking for $15 or $20, they can't afford those people anyway. They can't, no, yeah. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. So I don't feel like, oh, well, you're undermining the developers in the US and, and Western Europe. It's like, no. I mean, the companies that can pay are just gonna pay people who, who live in those countries and speak their la- native language and they're not gonna wanna deal with time zones and language issues and they're gonna pay Real money, yeah, you know. But for like start, you know, startups, you know, like bootstrap startups, you don't have any money. Mm-hmm. You might have a couple thousand. If you have like three thousand dollars, you can afford to put into this. So it's like you know, hiring some guy, and or what ends up happening is their other solution is we go find a technical co-founder, which is often like a exercise in futility. I'm gonna go to meetups, I'm post and try and find somebody, and then you have this shotgun marriage with somebody you barely know, and then they're gonna work in for free, and then after six weeks or a few months, they're gonna get bored and leave. You know, what I mean, it's just like it's not usually hard to do that. It's what's much better, I think, is to go on upwork or free, I think freelancer.com is this kind of similar, and find somebody who is lower priced and work with them and just pay them. So for instance, this one company, Datavest. I told you that I came. I was, I'm advising them. They wasted a ton of money and a ton of time on all these really high-priced people who were going to give equity and this and that, and they end up getting nothing working. There was nothing. Just, just yeah, nothing. And so <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I was like, you look going to the GitHub the pro the GitHub repo, and you're like, what the hell is this, this is boilerplate? There's no code here. Like, what what did they would have been doing? And I found this young kid, and I think I talked about him right out of college, um, 25 bucks an hour. And now we have a working version. And, I mean, we've gone through many. Le- this is like uh, not just an early working, a working version in both the, um, of a mobile app that is going to be for, for Android and for iPhone. And we have an entire, and then we hired another guy who created an entire cryptocurrency for us, <laughs> soup to nuts based on our specifications is really top notch guy and it's cost us seventy five hundred. So far, it costs us ten thousand once we have like a final for entire cryptocurrency. So that whole thing cost us I, I mean, I don't know how to say like so for fifteen grand. Fifteen grand for this Android, iPhone, cutting edge, React native app we have the whole back end on Firebase and all that stuff, and it's our own custom cryptocurrency. They were talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, years. We did it in um, less than two, in two and a half months. Two and a half months, 15,000. It's quite incredible. Like
0: the, <laughs> anyway, so that, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, but,
1: that, but I'm just saying that <laughs> I, 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 I think we should talk about this because I think okay. this is really, I think this is really helpful for some of our listeners, and especially people in your academy, um, is that you can find quality people on Upwork to do anything you need done for not a ton of money and you can move shit forward instead of sitting around thinking about doing stuff. And when we get money and then I'll hire someone, it's like, no, like go and spend 500 bucks and get this, get something built.
0: There's one, this is, I mean, what you're saying is absolutely true and very important, but there is one issue, which is you as a very experienced CTO, have like a, a kind of unique advantage in being able to find these people and manage them to
1: success. Oh, I have an idea.
0: Yeah. Now- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have an idea. Okay. <laughs> now,
0: like most people, a lot of these guys, a lot of these girls who, who are like trying to build this, this stuff, they
1: don't have any of that experience. They need a you. you know what they need? They need a you. Here's what you do. <laughs> Here's what you do. Um, part of the academy is, is you go out, you could go out and vet get some coding tests and event uh, and vet a bunch and get a stable of freelance developers, sysadmins, different types of people and slowly build it up over time. You know like look, we've pat we've had, you know, these 15 JavaScript developers, these 15 PHP developers, these Rails coders, this whatever, React developers. We've here we have some in India, and we have some in Eastern Europe, and we have some in South America, we have some in Mexico, and we even have some in the US and um we've vetted them all we've interviewed them all we all think they're probably good based on everything we tell you got a good high high shot that they would work and here's their link Here's their profiles on upwork now so you would help you uh, that's, could help, that's a good idea and you could have in the back end. so you could have and we have designers and we have this and that so you could kind of have pre-vetted stuff so people come and say, like oh,
0: i just don't know it's like you yeah, know what, i just, think the designers would be the key because because remember like we've got 12 stages which essentially get you to the point of ready to start building it because mm-hmm. it's 12 stages of like validation and sales and getting everything ready. The, the point where people are losing is design.
1: Well, I think they're design so, yeah. Okay. So fine. Start with de- which would be a good yeah. way for you to leg into this yeah. to Say Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go and find a dozen or two dozen designers. Start with just finding a handful, three or four. Go through. You vet them yourself, and you're, and you maybe you give them a little design test, or you do whatever, and you can find some people that you think would recommend. And say, so here, are, here, are three people find it awkward. This person's fifteen bucks an hour. This person's twenty bucks an hour. This person's thirty bucks an hour. Um, you, know, whatever. you also need to understand the
0: process. So this is why I wanted to like talk talk this through with you and hear like how you had engaged her and found her. So I'm not quite clear. Did you search first and find her and then, and then do a job and post it and invite her? Or did you post a job like that was just out there and then you searched and then you like, how does it? So what I did
1: <laughs> is I, um, I just went on there just kind of just, just, just curious to see if I could find some designers. This is the very beginning. Like, yeah, after right? our discussion of the other day, and you're like, I don't know, you got to break apart the front end designer, yeah, so okay, your yeah. front end coder from designer. And I'm like, yeah, he's probably right. I should do that. And so I was looking around and I was like, you know, looking for lower priced people. But I wanted people who were in the US because I needed to work with them and I needed to have high bandwidth, high level conversations. Uh, coders, you can just post stuff on Jira or Trello and GitHub. And a lot of these coders, especially in Eastern Europe, I've noticed. But even in other places, they write pretty well. Mm-hmm. They write Indians not their English isn't as strong as Eastern Europeans I've, in my experience. Okay. They're fine, but you you can read it. and You're like yes, this person's clearly foreign. Right. The Eastern Europeans, you're like can't quite tell. Is, yeah. is this person just a little lazy, or is that is this guy? You know, that's pretty good. Yeah, they don't necessarily speak that. So you you get on trying to a video conference call, and you're like oh, this is. A little painful, yeah. But the writing is really strong. But if you have when you're on, because if you're interacting purely on Slack and in GitHub issues and Trello, like you don't need it. Just just default to that. In fact, yeah. we have 25 content developers. A number of them, Alex is. We've been working for a year, for like almost a year. Top notch people. Never spoken to them. <laughs> That's Alex. So he's like, I've never talking to I've never talked to Sasha, one of our editors. Well, I've never. You know,
0: it, it's funny you should say that. Just like a, a very quick segue. Um so our lead mentor um Jeremy and also one of uh one of the nugget Academy guys uh, JSH um I just just heard their voice for the first time like after mm-hmm. you know like a year or whatever completely different to what I expected I was I was like whoa that is just such a different voice mm-hmm. to the person that I've been speaking to I've you know how you like build a picture of someone yeah. in your mind Yeah Anyway Probably not a very interesting segue, but that was it. No, it's true.
1: But well, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But so anyway, so let's back. So for a designer, I needed somebody. I needed to be able to have a conversation yeah. because I'm not 100 percent sure what I want, and we need to go back and forth and go brainstorm and talk about things. Um, so needed to be an American. So I knew I was going to have to pay a little bit more, but I still wouldn't. I still can't afford to pay 100 bucks an hour for something like that. You know, it's just going to take. It's going to cost me just a monster amount of money so i was like okay so i looked around and i typed in like the price range the 10 to 30 range us only ux ui and i looked through and i'm like huh he looks good he looks pretty good wow she looks really good she you know and so i marked a few and then so what i did i said okay so i and then i opened another browser panel i could have just saved them but i think i i think i just i think i might hit save but i opened another browser tab And then i posted a job which took all of three four minutes just write a few sentence description um title blah 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 post it you can always go back and edit it so you don't have to you know fret over it and then um and then i and then you can go back and then i can i searched for her on and i said invite to job and i selected that job so you can please and then i say hey Crystal, I, you know, reviewed your profile and portfolio. I think you could be a really good fit for for this project. I'd love to talk to you if you think you might have the time for it. Please apply for the job. And the job that you post, do you do a set price or do you do hourly? I don't like set price either as a um, client or as a uh, contractor or whatever. I found it like just so constraining. We did it for, um, you know, the cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. for this one project um, and I don't even like it because then you got to then you have to pay a half. You got to put like money down. Yeah. You the office, and of now you got to pay like a twenty-five percent down, and you have to have milestones. So you got to like put all this fourth thought in terms of like, okay, what are the milestones, and how much is going to cost? It's just like hard to know any yeah. of this stuff. And then you so then what it's, what happens is when you when they put this when you put those kind of obstacles in front of you, you just procrastinate and don't do it. You're like I don't know. So do you specify? For, so he's doing it hourly. Do you
0: specify a range or do you specify a price? Uh, you spend. You, you
1: specify a range of hourly
0: price. Okay, so you said like twenty to thirty. Um, I said, in I said, your I job said,
1: posting, I said ten. They, they have like three ranges, and I there was like less than ten less than ten dollars, ten to thirty, and thirty and over thirty dollars. So now. you do ten to thirty. I said, hey, I'm going to try ten to thirty. I don't, I you know, because. Wait, wait, is that yeah. for the search or for the for posting the job? It's the same both searching and for posting a job, those were the same basic settings. Location, limitation, US only, or you you could even just say like, you could specify a state. Must live in Wyoming. I don't know. Um, And a a few of things. I mean, it's just, there's not that many things. That's that's
0: weird. So so, um, Upwork themselves, by like creating that pricing band, have like created this, these kind of bands. So like, She's obviously thinking, okay, I'm going to charge 30 because then I'm going to get into that 10 to 30 band. So I'm going to get way more traffic.
1: Might be. You know, you know, yeah, people are playing
0: it. the Upwork bands, whatever they, whatever, the, whatever the whatever the developer chose for the select books.
1: Assuming they're thinking that much about it. Someone may not be thinking that much about it. They're probably just looking at other people. See, what I've, what I've done. So one of the things that you can search on is like how much money they've earned on Upwork. Yeah. What's been their success? If they've they've been ninety percent success, hundred percent success in their projects? What their star rate? You know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of these, I've people who I've found people who have had no experience at all on a park. and like that's how I found the guy for uh, DataVest, and that's how I found. But, but I interview them, and I can I can to some degree say, you know what, I can talk to you and tell if you're full of crap or not.
0: So you're looking for people. So you're finding diamonds in the rough by. Looking for people in the price range. You're looking for people who are new to Upwork and who basically don't have experience. They're looking to cut their teeth.
1: Yeah, they got to build up a portfolio. Say, okay, so here, I don't have any experience. Nobody wants to hire me. <laughs> I know enough about what, I would, what someone like you needs to know to vet you, and I'll, I'll take a risk on you because if I'm paying you 15 or 20 or 25 bucks an hour and we do this for... 10 or 20 hours and I decide that you suck, i kind cut. It's not that big of a, cut, a loss. Right? Sort of like you're an angel
0: investor. Like, mm. on artwork. Like, <laughs> you're developing the talent.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. I, I just feel like you, you the way you make money in, in life at times is, is finding value where others don't see it. Right. Everybody's Everybody else is undervaluing it. You value it higher. So everybody else is playing it safe. Like, well, you know, so this... This this designer, she's done twenty thousand. She's built twenty uh, thousand dollars on Upwork and has a ninety-seven percent success rate and has all these client positive client reviews. Oh, and she's sixty bucks an hour. You're they, like uh. they won't even
0: answer you. Like I, I've tried to get in touch with those types of people, you know, on Upwork. And, Have you really? Uh, yeah, and because uh, I've tried to, you know, the play it safe for it for even when when looking around. Um, they don't even answer because they're yeah. already so overloaded they're already so booked. like they they're the ones getting all the work
1: I've had pretty good success I mean there's sometimes you'll get people on an answer some people will say I'm, I'm they've declined the offer they've declined the offer to apply yeah and they're too busy but I get most of them will pl- re- reply I've done I, I I I would encourage to, to try but we- I, I'm just saying my current strategy is I want to I'm not willing to pay someone two or three times the amount of money because they've built some more projects on Upwork. I'm rather, I'd rather give somebody a chance. I'll bet them personally. It's like, Hey, this person has had experience outside Upwork. They have the right kind of education. Uh, they seem to know their stuff. They're going to build a lower rate. I'm going to take it. I'm going to, I'm going to take them up on that.
0: We, um, for modern teacher, I wanted to, to get a quick, uh, like look into SCORM, you know, SCORM is this, it's like this kind of, a format type of thing, a specification. Okay. Um, so what I did was I did the exact opposite of what you're describing there, which is basically I look for totally the highest, the ones with the most hours, the one with the most work, like who really knew Scorm well, and uh, you know sent out invitations to a lot of those, and that was that's where I'm saying I had that experience of them not kind of replying because they're so busy working. But I did actually, you know, incidentally get someone from Eastern Europe who wasn't as expensive as the other ones, but who had a lot of really good work under his belt. And really knew it inside out.
1: This is what I'm saying. I mean, there is a correlation between the price they charge and how good they are, but it's not a super high correlation. There are a lot of people who charge a lot of money, and you know what they're really good at? Charging a lot of money. You know what I mean? They have they've learned how to build a profile, they've they've walked up the, the ladder, they take a project, they raise their man they raise the rate after every project, they write they've learned how to write a good profile. They're they they're good at playing the game, right? It's like um, Likewise, you get a lot of people on there who are kind of they—they're skilled professionals. They would love to get some work. They, there's only so much they can do because they don't have any. No, no one's given them. No one's going to hire them. It's like, hey, you know, we'll do each other. We'll do. We'll, we'll do each other a favor, right? I will give you yeah. an opportunity to make some money and do a project. I'll be easy to work with, and you'll and I'll be able to give you a really good review. And I've hired a ton of people, so when I give a good review, our company, you know, has a. It's no, it's great. Uh it's great.
0: And you know, at a minimum what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna convert this into just a, a, an outsourcer, like a, a find a designer lesson. I'll yeah. just kind of go over what we've just said and put that in there. Yeah. so that it's so that it's there, it's easy to see. And the your idea of vetting designers as well is really good, but like man, I've got so much other stuff to do, right? Yeah,
1: you don't even have to do it now. I'm not yeah. saying you have to do it now. Um, but it might be something worth trying. Yeah, so I think I'll just make a make a lesson,
0: put that in there in this in this the stage about building your homepage and also about building your product, just really specific advice on how to find uh, designers. And I'll I'll do screenshots and everything. Like I'll just do a screenshot. You know, this is how you do the drop down. This is how you select them. This is how you find them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good first step. I mean, you know, you don't need a world class designer for your v- Bootstrap V1 mm-hmm. product. You just need something that looks um, professional. You need something that looks a lot better than whatever you would do as a non-designer, right? And that doesn't have to cost a lot of money. And you know, you can start by saying, okay, I want to hire this person, they're 20 bucks an hour, 30 bucks an hour. And you're like, okay, I want to allocate 10 hours to this. I'm not going to risk a ton of money at 10 hours and get a bunch of designs. You can get some stuff out of that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think a lot of these designers will, will work with you and you say, you know, you just kind of, what you want to do is really have a a focus view of what is you're trying to accomplish. You know, like you really say okay, I, this is what I need. I need a design for this page and this I need three pages. And this is all I need and I need a logo or whatever the hell it is. Figure have a have have a I don't know. Mind if I
0: cut cut this discussion yeah. in and put it in the in the lesson? So it's just Jason and me talking about how to get a designer. If you want. I like sure. just just an additional info, yeah. Sure. Okay, if you cool. want.
1: Thanks. But um yeah I I think that you could get uh, an MVP of your app and your designs and all this stuff done for not a ton of money, for something that that people could have saved up, you know, and say, okay, why have, you know, I could allocate $3,000 or $5,000 to getting something actually built,
0: you know? You think that we could find someone who could, for a very reasonable fee, Make the texting website look good, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, we could like update
1: the texting website, which looks like it was. This is one of the world's ugliest websites. There's no question about it. (laughs) I don't know, but uh, yeah. But I, I, just to sum it up, I found I found Upwork to be um, extremely Hmm. useful. We have, like you said, we hired all of our content developers. Yeah, from there, all of them have PhDs or working PhDs. Yeah, we're building just, the whole like official startup. Yeah, and the thing board. is, just not everyone on there is going to be great. You yeah. have to be willing to talk to some people. You have to find some way of vetting them. Yeah, you know, or if you don't, you work with somebody for just a few hours and just kind of get a sense if you think they're any good. If there's some way that you say, okay, you create like a mini project. You're like, okay, I've talked to like five designers. I don't really. You can't really do like a coding test for designers Mm -hmm. so what you can do is say all right i can only afford what i just i want to limit this to five hours and or three hours or whatever and design design my marketing page you know what can you do Mm -hmm. and uh you know just don't don't find five designers and have them all do it and we just find someone you think you have the most you think looks the best and maybe you've talked to and they have a good sense of it and say okay i'll but if after five hours i don't really like what they're doing or the then it's then just try somebody else.
0: Of course then you gotta find if you don't if you don't uh, do tech, then you gotta find someone to cut it up and turn it into an actual site.
1: Yeah, but there's a million Yeah. There's a ton of people on front that. end designers who can do that. That's that's really cheap. Okay. Yeah. That kind of stuff is really cheap. Um so And then you've got to find someone to like put it on the server. Like
0: or, or you've got to learn yourself how to put it on the server. Yeah, just
1: hire someone to do it. Yeah. Not so you're you so you, three, three different people. You go in steps. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, a, a lot of there's a lot of people who can do the take designs, and I want you to cut up, and put it on here. I think what you should do through the uh, through the um, is maybe through the service is just is give people some options. Like, here host sites, and here are five different ways to host your website, or five easy ways as a start. You can do what you want, but just if you have no idea. There's so
0: many like steps. So, for example, like you know, if you let's say, for example, you're creating a like uh you're validating your product you'll you you've found the market. You like it you're putting it out there with a sales site and like a wizard a wizard of oz product let's say you know wizard where you're you're doing the work behind the scenes you know rather than actually creating the product like you've got to find the designer you've got to find the person to cut it up you've got to find the person to manage the server you've got to find the person who's going to do the coding and plug it into stripe you know, yeah, and make but all that the, the stuff person work? is going
1: to cut it up, put it on the server, man, like that. Could be one person. A lot, That's one person. A lot okay. of people can do that. Okay, I mean, this so is all pretty, pretty basic web developer one on stuff. So
0: you find, so you got to find a generalist, a generalist developer, and a sci- and a designer, and that generalist developer is going to manage all the 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 bulk of the work.
1: Yeah, just get up and, you know what, what you could. do. So one thing that I do for the startups I advise is is as an advising CTO is I tell them this stuff. Okay, here's what you want to do. Build it in React Native, host it, do it on Firebase, just blah, blah, blah. You tell me what you're trying to do and you tell me the constraints and I'll give you some ideas of how to do it and efficiently priced in you know, right? so it's like, I remember one day I did um, this, he's just like five years ago or something. Um, buddy of mine, Matt, uh, Pat, we went down to one of these- Pat co- Maddox. Pat Maddox, good memory. Yeah, so we went down to this uh, co-working space and was like CTO for a day kind of thing. And so, what was it called? And something like that. But so we would get an hour with each startup. We had like, it was like eight startups in a row. They would come in for 50 minutes, tell us their story and talk about, then ask us questions. Like, hey, I've outsourced this to this and we're trying to decide if we should convert it from PHP to Rails or you know, I've done this and I need to build this. And so then we would say, okay, here's what you want to do. You know, that sort of stuff is really valuable. It's not really that time consuming. Um, but what you could do, which might be interesting, is maybe you could have some people who texting listeners who might want to just be, serve as a mentor, sort of like a CTO for office hours, CTO for a day. And they can, mm-hmm. people come in and maybe they actually, what would be interesting is is the Academy member would write up a description of what they're trying to do, which better than a conversation because we're be very efficient. They have to think about what is it you're trying to do. I want to yeah. do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then this person go right back and say, "Here's here are here's what I recommend you. could do it this way, this way. Here are three different ways, efficiently do that." If someone says, "I want to build a mobile app, and it's got to work on iOS and Android, and it's not like some 3D shooter." I'm gonna be like, uh, "I do React Native."
0: It's so <laughs> kind know? of like two. So like. Extending from our mentor discussion, like multi-class mentor, so not just mentors about you know bootstrapping, building a startup. Building there's a sort startup. of
1: business, sort of business mentors, this, yeah. And then there's sort of the CTO membership, yeah, VP of engineering membership it's a people who are very technical. They have seen a wider range of solutions. They're aware of a lot of the tech cutting edge technologies and services. And like, well, you know, you could use Firebase or you could use RDS on Amazon or you could like they could just say. What are you trying to do? And what you don't want is somebody who's only working with one set of technologies. It's like, oh, you definitely want to do this. Yeah. You want somebody who's like, okay, but like a long career, a few different. Yeah. things. they say here's you know, and, and even me, like I there's stuff that I'm not as aware of. I mean, there's stuff there's, but I'm aware of enough. And tends that people tend to want to do a lot of the same kind of stuff. If someone said they were going to build a three D game, what platform they should use? I'm not as much of an expert on that. I'd say, well, I've heard of like Unity and you know, some other things, but I'd be yeah. like, that's not a thing. If someone says, "Well, I want to build a mobile app or a web app," I'd be like, "Okay, I can give you, I can give you a, a, a few different sort of um, s- distinct solutions that would probably work, depending on kind of what you want to do."
0: Well, we've definitely gotten into a few of those kind of people through texting and through different networks. Yeah, I, I, maybe, it's a, be, maybe it's like a checkbox on the. Like, so it's, it's one mentor, but like, it's a check. Like I, we set, I set like, you know, they do tech, they do fundraising, they do this, they do that. So I can then say well, they're
1: what, what they, yeah. Cause like, people have complete different skill sets. Yeah, I'm really, a, I'm really a growth person say, you know, like I can tell you, like, here's how you're going to get your first, I can help you get your first hundred customers, mm-hmm. or I can take you from a hundred users to a thousand users. Here's, here's a price efficient way to do that. You know, or here's whatever it is, but they're totally different things. So, like phases in your—I mean—it's like okay, building your MVP, right? That's like a whole nother set of stages, right? Yeah, it's very that's specific. Like, that's yeah. like your next. So you, this is like the first twelve. This is up before you get to the MVP, right? Well, twelve. So I've
0: got I've got specifically, you know, because I've done that I've done that a lot of times with a lot of startups, basically creating your MVP, architecture, your you know your product blueprints, all that kind of stuff. So that's all in there. So basically it gets you up to the point where you're, you've got everything you need to go, you know, like ready to start building and launch this thing. Like, yeah. Mm. So I do that.
1: But I ready to launch it, but not building it, what to build it in, who to hire. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, don't that, do that. That's but, a whole nother yeah. phase. It is. That's, that's like stage 13. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I think that's like, 13 through 20 yeah you know oh, like yeah. that's a that, whole nother series it's a whole of other steps phase.
0: And, and and it's something that i've been thinking about you know like to truly make this work like the academy it's just up to stage 12 right now which is like the launch but it's launched with a really small minimal by minimum viable product or a wizard man, of us. man behind the curtain yeah kinda. man behind the curtain you know but it, for example john paul building fire ci uh-huh. like He's bu- he's building a real product. Like he's he's a developer. He's a developer. So there so there are developers who are going to be able to do that. But for the non developers, it's that's you're gonna, gonna need additional yeah, phases additional to help. Additional them. phases,
1: yeah. I yeah, I think I think you'll ultimately need some sort of advising CTO mentoring process where they can have a conversation. I, I would I would I mean you could obviously talk on the phone. It'd probably work better with written down. That way you can post these things. You could even have these things could be useful. if They allowed to make them public later, right? But um, it's like, well, here are the, this is what the person thought. This is what, what the mentor said. Here's some different options with links. So and here's a link. This you could look at. Here's what I would do. Here, this would be your solution. And then, then you go on Upwork and you try and find someone who can. <laughs> you no, know, you just kind of go through the steps. But the, the the advising CTO gives the framework for in the path. Like this is what you want to do. These are the these are the things.
0: I mean, it's countless how many times someone has come up to you and me in our life and asked, okay, what I want to do a startup. What should I do? And we were always basically saying the same thing. Like, it's always pretty much the same advice, you know?
1: So, yeah. I mean, it depends <laughs> on whether it's yeah, technical or not. But it's like, I know it's so boring. And someone's like, hey, everything that do that? I was, <laughs> yeah. yeah I was Like, it,
0: it, it could be systematized for sure, you know?
1: Yeah. You definitely could. A lot of it. There's a lot of like, I mean, there are particulars, but then there's a lot of just general lessons and things, but. Um, yeah. I would. Yeah, I think the the advice, some kind of mentoring thing, but then and then utilizing um, Upwork as a way to find if I would say low cost, efficiently priced, undervalued talent to 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 allow you to realize these products. This
0: would be a a great blog post from you. You know, if you were interested, I I, may, I You typically do thought pieces, but if you ever did want to do, a well, really I haven't good
1: done written anything in like yeah, eight or nine years, probably. <laughs> I don't know how long it's been. It's been a long time. So it's yeah. been uh, seven years. So I don't know. I haven't, I don't really have a huge reason to, so I don't know. Well, to it's, market the Academy. But mm. I guess there'll be different, different thought pieces about that.
0: Yeah, the market. thing is that
1: the, the people who would might use Academy wouldn't be reading these. Th- I mean, I guess if okay. I wrote something that hit the front page of hacker news, that general traffic might translate to a few right. people like, Oh wow. Oh, he's doing math. Oh wow. He's got, I might I suppose his. the problem is, is you'd write this piece.
0: It would go, become really successful. And then you get like an email every day saying, Hey, can you help
1: me do my project?
0: <laughs> Which you already get. No
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's in, like the best a- of, in the best of the best. So if if, <laughs> if, 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 what I want, if the goal was like, I want to create something a lot of people read. Now I, now I, now I lose. How many days do you lose on hacker news? Just responding to comments. Oh my
0: God. The it's, next day or two is dead. Yeah. Right. It's, it's very painful. Yeah. Then
1: you follow up emails like, Hey, you know, really like what you talk. I really talk sometime this and that. And now you have to reply to all these emails. Few of any have, are going to really advance anything, and then um, and then and now, if it's if it's really good, it's going to somehow stick in the blogger sphere for a length of time, and you're going to continue to get emails from people asking you every so often for a bunch of advice, which you used to. Now you have now you've committed to writing um, your advice emails every week for the next year and <laughs> but, a half. But um, but but you are going to do
0: something for Math Academy, look, more focused around that, more focused around math. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that there's a a a place called Mathnasium? Oh yeah, that's huge. They have like 500
1: locations around the country. Okay, what is that all about, Math? That's like math. It's kind of like a math tutoring thing. It's it's mostly like kind of K through eight. Okay. Um, you know, they have like their own sort of program, worksheets. You go in there, and it's sort of like additional math help. So it's not like Math Academy. No. 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 I mean. Got it. Got I, I don't, they it. They just help you in regular
0: math. Try yeah. and do better. Like raise your yeah. Raise your and, mo-
1: and it's it's mostly aimed at. at um, my understanding is, I think the bulk of their clientele is probably like. Maybe like third through, sixth grade kind of range. I see. Um, it's like oh, you know, my my son is struggling a little bit. He's doesn't really, I'm worried that there's not, his math isn't as strong, oh, we sign for Mathnasium once a week goes in and does some some of their program, does their worksheets and they work through them and, you know, it helps. Yeah. It helps, that extra work, that extra attention, that's what it is. And so they have kind of a whole program, instead of going out and finding a tutor and having to deal with all that, which can be hard, find something and, a lot, and really inexpensive. And I mean, not that this is cheap, I mean, it's it's two $300 a month. Mm, um, I think it's like you can bring it, I don't know what it is, like once a week, maybe once, maybe twice if you have like a Saturday kind of a thing, but you bring them in. And I, I know many people who've, who've done that. And even for kids who are good students, sometimes they bring them because they want their kids to be really strong mathematically, just really have everything nailed down. And, you know, I think they do, they run a pretty good program for younger kids. and the kids don't hate it. I think they kind of think it's tolerable. Cool. But, you know, it's interesting though, so talking about MV Code Club. So, we initially thought, like, we were thinking in terms of us being like a mathnasium, but for coding. Yeah. But that was incorrect because people need, people are very concerned about their kids being good at math. That's a huge deal right? in, in school. Like, you, math is like, you know, it depends. I mean, different people have different opinions on it, but you could say it's a huge chunk of what they really need to know. It's coming a keystone up. subject, right? Well, it's yeah. half the damn SAT or yeah. the ACTs. You're taking a yeah. test, you take a test for the college, what are they looking at? Half of it's math, half of them is like kind of reading comprehension type stuff. You know, you're in, it's not like they give you, it's not half of it's chemistry or art history, you know, or history, like that's sort of, it's like, how strong is your math? Can you read and write well? Can you analyze, can you analyze complex passages and understand what's going on? Can you write something and can you solve math, you know, more complex math problems? So it's it's important (laughs) academically, right? Now, it's a gate you have to get through. Coding is not, right? Coding is more like gymnastics or karate. You know, it's like, (laughs) oh, so my kid is really kind of interested in this stuff or looking for something for him to do. You know, soccer soccer season ended. You know, they're just sitting around the house bored watching YouTube all day. They don't really want, they want, to, they want to do basketball or they don't want to do whatever this year. What can we do? Oh, coding seems fun. They like that kind of stuff, right? It's like that, mm-hmm. you know, and different versions of that. It's not the same as like, oh, crap. It's the second email I've gotten home from a parent. I've brought her teacher. How she's struggling with math. She's getting these. We need so to come up with something. It's a,
0: it's a vitamin, not a painkiller. It's a, what do you say? A vitamin? A vitamin, not a yeah, painkiller. It's a nice killer. to have, not yeah. a must have. Yeah.
1: And so that means that you, it does put some limitations on your pricing power. You know, um, but uh, it was just interesting because, you know, that's how you bring up mathnasium. I think about how yeah. So
0: because I was when you said two hundred to three hundred dollars a month, I'm like, oh, it's no wonder they've grown to five hundred locations. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: although, you know, of course they range in success. Some are a lot more successful than others. A lot of more franchised. Okay, I think they charge upwards of three hundred in this area. Wow. Um, but you know, at MV Co Club we charge like between one hundred and seventy nine and like. $229 oh, okay. a month. So we're not cheap. Yeah, you got it, um, Of course, the kind of people who sign up for this are going to be families that are you know, upper, upper middle class or above okay. and they can afford that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's sort of in line with you know, I don't know, we pay a, we pay a, a lot of money for Aerie to do gymnastics. Yeah. And now, Izzy, we have Izzy doing uh, equestrian riding stuff. Because she, she just didn't want to do anything. Like, you can't get it. She just doesn't, she doesn't want to do sports. She doesn't want to do music. Da, da, da. So, we're like, you have to do something. <laughs> I don't care. It's playing the harmonica. <laughs> I don't care what the hell it is. Like, you, like sitting around the house and just watching YouTube is not... Does she uh, do that uh, up by JPL? Uh, no, there's actually Ronda from the Arroyo. Oh, you okay. Know, uh, some, so if you just go up over Orange Grove, I mean, it's mm. like a mile away, which is weird to think in here that we'd have... They have like three big... Um, a ring. What do they call them? Uh, oh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. 50 horses. I mean, it's big. A, ho- a horse ring. Yeah. We're, we sound like idiots, but yeah. But I, <laughs> someone's like yelling it out and screaming it out right now. Yeah, but anyway, they have, um, <laughs> I went and just took her the other day and it was good. You know, I just learning how to ride it and make it turn. Is and she like and grooming stuff. them and stuff? Yeah. It's part of it. Like they have to, yeah. they have to like learn how to groom them. And then eventually you have to, you have to learn to take care of the horse and yeah. take care of its stall. And, and that's a part of the learning some responsibility, but yeah, you can see the older girls. I think, I mean, it's probably some boys too, but I think a lot of girls tend to really get uh, pulled into this because um, they all. Since <laughs> so it's a girl thing to just love horses, but uh, yeah, I'm like, it's hard to, it's hard to like not like right, riding a horse seems like a pretty fun thing, so we're hoping this will work for her. But anyway, the point is that isn't cheap. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that I is can not be- cheap. I can believe it. That's not cheap. That doesn't sound cheap. But uh, it's like, well, but just
0: to circle back to the riding horses. Riding a horse is a fun thing. Um, no, no, you know, like, no. well, have you never- ever tried it? I would imagine you would hate it for the same reason that I do, which is you just you are completely not in control. There's there's this huge big beast underneath you who can do whatever the hell it wants, and you're walking around, and it can like literally run Where away. When did you do
1: that? Well,
0: when I was a kid, you know, when I was younger.
1: I thought it was fun. the problem is we did it on our honeymoon. We went horseback yeah. riding and it was like 2 hours and like I was my legs were sore for like 3 4 days. <laughs> I can <could laughs> barely the next day I could hardly walk. Cuz um, you had to like grip to course, keep to stay on it. Yeah, you just don't know how to bounce, right? Yeah. You don't know how to time it right. You're kind of I don't know, whatever. But your, your body's not used I to it. I heard
0: that American horses are different to English horses though. Like what? English horses is like English horses is like a really kind of like, you know, um let's just say, and not an easy ride, that's what I heard, and that American horses are more like a Cadillac. You know, they're, smooth, huh. they're a smoother ride.
1: Well, I know yeah. there are tons of different kinds of horses. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I I know next to nothing about them. But um, I think it's like with horse riding, it's like, you know, huge range of skill. I mean, the, you know, the kids are here, they were watching, they're jumping over gates and doing, I mean, they're really control. Like, that's different, right? You and I, we were like, we go on like a fr- at one time, you're just like, like you yeah. do have no control yeah. like they have control oh yeah like yeah. they can make the course do whatever the hell it wants stop jump stand up jump over something Trot. you know that's pretty cool and they do it really elegantly so the, the course in there are kind of in sync and
0: but it's just annoying to have your body continually pushed up pushed up yanked down pushed up yanked down like as as it's trotting along well it's i like, think i
1: think once you're good at it you're it <laughs> It's um, you're, th- you're, you're in kind of flow with it. You're kind of in. Lo- you're in flow with it. You're you're in control over yeah. it. You're not like the you see the professionals, and it's just effortless. Yeah. I mean, it's you like going into car, like oh, I'm in a car, and it's like we're stopping and we're starting, and we, it's like okay, yeah, <laughs> but you know, eventually you know what you're doing. But um. All right. So you want to? Uh, let's do
0: a bit. Of, let's let's try and uh, nail some of now. your marketing messages. Yeah.
1: I think we did. We did this entire show.
0: I mean, well, it's it's an hour and a bit. We could release it. Considering we released a three-hour show last time, we could potentially release a one-hour show this oh, time.
1: Sure. Let's just say, is there anything else going on? I'm just, I am just—I feel like there might be one or two other little things that we can just finish off, just to cap it off. As yeah, sure. Um, Do you have anything else to think about? Well, I was looking at a couple of interesting Hacker
0: News threads, um, and you can post this in the show notes, but they're very, very interesting. So someone said, yeah. ask HN, why did your startup fail and what did you learn? You know? Okay. And... It's just like this long page that could basically just be the poster child for Nugget. Like, mm. you know, we, okay, look, we say don't do that. We say don't do that. We say don't do that. Like there's so many reasons. Was this the
1: one that was like the made right or something? It was like the apparel, uh, custom apparel one? No, or it no, no. One? It's just an it's just
0: ask HN, why why did your startup fail and what oh. did you
1: learn? Oh, okay. It was, was an, an ask an HN. Blog- so there was a
0: lot of people saying, oh, I I didn't validate my product. Oh, I scaled too early. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did that. And you just look through this whole thread, and like you can, you can go through the whole thread and go if you if you know the content of nugget like right. I do, you can basically go. Yep, we teach for that. Yep, we teach for that. Yep, we teach for that. So that was interesting. Um, and then the other one was like how uh, another ask H N. How much did you make when your startup exited? Mm-hmm. And that is supremely interesting. Like, yeah, so what they said. So, I mean. What what else could it be? Pretty much everyone said nothing. You know, mm. like I, a 30-year career, I worked for five startups, nothing, you know? Like, wow. uh, you know, a lot of people said, I don't know, I worked for a startup for five years, I made 50 grand, you know? Like there's just a lot of cases like that because of the way that it dilutes, you know, the way that yeah. it works. But the fact is, you know, if you look at the numbers of funded startups, it's ridiculous. There's this huge funnel of like people coming in at the bottom, like developers and founders, and there's a tiny, tiny tippy, tippy, tippy top where people are actually getting anywhere. So Yeah. So I just thought that was a really interesting for That is
1: that's depressing, I guess. That that's true, that you could work at like five different startups and still not see a, a big return. Well,
0: well, I mean, that's what happened to me. I mean, you know, and then Plugio, like plugio some side project working a couple of hours every day you know that that resulted in like a quarter of a million dollars yeah coming my way right. versus you know all the other highfalutin investor talk and all that other stuff
1: didn't really work yeah. yeah this is this thing with math academy is i've just been deciding about whether to take investment for the software portion of it and i've been sort of i talked this guy i don't know if i talked about this in the show but um I, God, I hope I'm not repeating myself, but no, I don't uh, think you are. Uh, like I, um, we, you know, we Sandy. I, oh, I never told. To we were profiled. Yeah, I think I told it last time. We were profiled in the alumni magazine. Yeah, you, you know, mentioned that with a
0: nice picture yeah. of you.
1: Yeah, right. So um,
0: wearing the same suit jacket.
1: No, it was just t- as my same polo, same. white and blue like polo shirt. Okay. Yeah. That I apparently wear every day. All right. It's <laughs> <laughs> according to the photographs, <laughs> <laughs> photographic evidence. Um, The. Uh, so, I got, I got, well, I got, other than a couple of texts from friends of mine who were kind of like thumbs up, I got an email from this guy who um, graduated about 10, 15 years before me, but had taken, had started like five biotech companies and taken them all public and had been successful. And he was really, really nice guy. He was super excited about it. It's like, this is awesome. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. And I'm like, well, he was. I he, he's asked. He's like, I'm, "Are you gonna raise money or this or that?" And I was like, "Well, wow, I don't know. I'm just been thinking about it and my hem and ha." And I, I told him my pros and cons. He's like, "I wouldn't do it." He's it's like, it's like, I've done it so many times. It's just a process of ceding control to the investors. That's what taking investment is. You're just ultimately gonna lose control, or it's just once you get on the track, and you raise more money, raise more money, eventually you lose control, and it's not fun anymore, and you don't get the payout that you should have." Exactly.
0: Done I yeah. think ghost sl- I think go slower, go slower. Don't take on investment because the problem is, is once you've got investment, it changes the dynamic. Even just the very fact of investment means that the whole purpose of the business has to go big or go home.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like with MathCaddy, I have I have complete control. Yeah. Do whatever the hell I want, which is a great feeling. Now. I'm not saying I don't wake up in the middle of the night with going, oh, God, this is burning a lot of money, you know? I mean, I definitely know I'm spending some money, so we got to turn the corner on it. But I can always dial it down and, and, and say that we can spend a little less if I, if I, if I feel like I need to. But um, but uh, just having control of it, is a, for me, is a big deal. I don't really want to have to explain myself or ask someone's permission or negotiate with somebody or anything at all. And... Uh, that's a great feeling. And it's probably the same thing with, with Pluggy, like, or Nugget. Like, you know, you can, oh, yes, you have a partner in that, but. Yeah, but it's, it. it's the
0: same thing. I mean, having, like, basically just not having, investors not having investors changes the dynamic dramatically. Now, you know, if you have, it depends on the way that we were speaking about bringing investors into Nugget, like, and the context of the investors were going to be distribution based rather than like equity based and exit oh. based. Problem with investors is the whole thing. The whole thing drives to, um, I'm really thinking about this a lot at the moment, to be honest. Like um, what I've realized is, is if you want to break it down to two basic concepts, bootstrapping and that whole thing is founder first thinking. You're thinking it's the founder first driven, right? So that's exactly where you are. But investors, it's, it's investor first thinking. So if you think about that as the center of the onion, right, investor first, well, everything's built up on,
1: Built around, it's built them getting around an exit. Them, them getting,
0: getting an exit, right? So, so you have to find the right people. You have to go through these multiple stages. Like the product, the product has to become more and more scale. Or,
1: or, or you know, or, but the other thing you can do, which is just, it's just a little bit. Of, this is a little bit of threading the needle. Is like you have to raise money from people who understand that you're not going to raise multiple rounds, and that it may be a little unorthodox. the Exit it may be dividends. Yeah, it may be something else that they're going to get. No, oh, they may have their shares. Like MV Co Club. Like MV Co Club. So, like, for Doug, you know, I, I, my, my goal with him is, I, it, you know, we'll, well, first let me say, I don't really don't want to raise additional investment. I don't think we're going to need to do it. I think we're going to grow. We're growing enough off our own uh, organically, and I think we can take out within a couple of years. We're we'll able to take out. Um, you know, we can be debt driven. We can bake loans. Two more years, we can get the, the the size and the interest rate that we need to, to to fuel whatever growth we want. In which case, screw trying to go and, and raise money. But as an investor myself in this, um, if I raise a bunch, then it dilutes me, right? I mean, that you could say, well, it makes the pie bigger, but then now later investors are bigger and they always want to come in and kind of like diminish the people that came before them and say, hey, we're the we're the big shots now. And I I would just thought it'd be Doug and I.
0: It makes the pie bigger, but does it really make, just thinking about you as a founder, like, let's say, let's just go down, we were going to go down the investment track. Like, what is your goal? I mean, what is your goal? What is a founder's goal? What is any founder's goal? Like, is it, it's just to basically create this beautiful business and to like, get it to a point of like,
1: be being some, successful, making money, successful,
0: yeah. making money and, and then being, being happy with your life, Right. I mean,
1: it, you don't need investors to make that happen. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because <laughs> you, know. you, 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 have, you have this sort of pejorative in the, in the VC world of lifestyle businesses. That's a li- lifestyle, yeah, pejorative. lifestyle like, business oh, Yeah, lifestyle yeah, business. yeah, it's just a li- That's because it doesn't work for them. Right, exactly. But if you're a founder, a lifestyle means that you can have a great life. Great life. Right. So whether it's a small where it's like you and two or three or four other people making something that makes a lot of money or you could have a hundred people working for you and, you know, you just hold on to the thing and, it make, and it, you, pay, you, pay, you take a nice salary and you take a nice dividends and you grow every year and like that, that would be fun. And, you know, in the case of MV Co Club, Doug doesn't even work. He works full time. And he doesn't startup. even work on it. Yeah, so last year, Aniva talk about this. Just a reminder, he, he was like, you know, I think I'm starved by taking a salary big enough to support him and his family. He was starving the, the company of growth. That was our growth capital. And he's like, you know, I think it's better. if It wasn't enough money to, for him and his family to really do with the things they wanted to do. You know, they live in Mill Valley, which is not cheap, and to buy a house. And he's like, sh- we don't have enough money to do that. But it's enough to starve off the company, so it's not really serving any other purpose. So he's like, I'm gonna get go get a job, a CTO, VP of engineering at some startup, and then, you know, we brought this um, this this uh, woman who was running the more marketing into sort of more of a just running, operating the company, and she does it now. And so now he, you know, he I mean he's he he runs it, but sort of indirectly. Yeah. But. You don't even have to, what I'm saying is you don't even have, just because you you don't have to get an exit doesn't mean that you have to do it the rest of the life. You could say, well, you know, I'm going to find some really one or two or three really competent people to kind of be in charge in different ways and I will have have conversations with them a couple times a week or once a week or once a month or whatever I want to do at whatever level I want to be involved and then I'll just pay myself a big fat dividend every quarter or whatever. And, you know. It's almost like with with, uh, investor-first thinking,
0: like the investors are like at the top of the mountain. They're the kind of kings. And and as a result of this whole process, this whole system, you have to learn and do a whole bunch of stuff that isn't even part of building a business. And when I say like, I mean like 50% of your life, more than 50%, 75% of your life comes about starting an investment-driven business versus a founder-first thinking where it's just... You're straight in there you're building a business you're bootstrapping you're growing maybe one day you'll think about investment and the kind of things i'm thinking about are things like learning how to write a pitch deck mm-hmm. learning how to go into a meeting and present to vcs learning how to haggle like you know learning how to haggle when you've got three vcs all biting and you've got to get the best negotiate offer. your term sheets, ne- negotiate comment, yeah, yeah. Te- term sheets and like i mean it's unending there's so much that,
1: investor management. That's
0: just the process of being in the investor first way of doing things.
1: Yeah. Well, the CEO spends a lot of their time just dealing with investors, either raising money or managing relationships with them or communicating with them. It's like a, now it becomes 40% of their job or something like but that.
0: Why? That's not why the CEO started the company. They started the company because they wanted to just build this great business. with. They want to be a
1: master of their own destiny. Yeah. That's I think for most, in most, <laughs> founders, there's a big aspect of, I want to be in charge of my own destiny. I want to live or die by my own wits and creativity and hard work. And I want to have an opportunity to, to have, to reach true financial independence, do what I want. And, you know, and I want to build what I want and do what I want. But as soon as you have investors, a lot of those things are not necessarily. But think about all the other casualties
0: that this system creates. Like, that's why I was so amazed by that. What, um, you know, how much did you make as an employee when your startup exited? Like all these, it's a, it's a bloodbath. Like all these other developers think, oh, I'm going to come in, let's get options. Oh, I'm going to get a small equity of this, you know, a small piece of equity of this company. This whole thing about building someone. So it's like the CEO who's kind of wide-eyed is like in bringing in other people, like saying, yeah, we're going to do this really great thing. But the CEO gets fucked. <laughs> then yeah. all the other people get screwed. And then the whole thing is just this huge bloodbath where everyone who built this whole thing ends up fucked. And the investors get all the, all the glory.
1: Or, you know, I mean, it seems to be like the, <laughs> the, the, the executives usually have some kind of a return. Right. You know, right. it's the people below that often don't get that much of a return. Or it's like well, not enough invest- to make up for the difference in what they would have made had they been charging market rates. Well, rate what more.
0: I mean is, so for, for a CEO, like, okay, they're not, they're not like, they may get money, but still they end up with like a 2%, you know, a 5% piece of their company, you know, something like that. Right. It's not the, it's not how they started. It wasn't the vision. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm obviously kind of going to try and do it without investment. If yep. I can, if I do take investment, I'm going to try and take the kind of, from people who will say, okay, I'm not, we're not going to do a traditional C, a, you know, angel, a whatever B round thing. Well, that's not that's what we're doing. But I also think that if you don't have a lot of investors and you don't, then you don't have, you have more flexibility in the terms of what it, what you can become for it to be successful. So if if you have a small company and you're like, well, we're never going to get more than making a million dollars a year as a company. If you're by yourself and you say, well, I have X payroll and this and that, I can still pay myself a really nice salary that's much more than I would have made as an employee in most places, mm. that's a huge win. For a lot of investors, it might be like, So, you know, they're not going to really get a return on that. So, you have to shoot for bigger things for them. You have to do things that you might not want to do. Exactly. Become something you don't want to become. Right. So, it's just, you know, and the bigger you get, the fewer um, liquidity options are available because now now you're so big that it's like you have to have a hundred million dollar exit for you to have any kind of real outcome because so much of it is taken. Now, how many hundred million, how many companies can acquire a hundred million dollar? Um, acquisition in this space, right? Are there any preced- Is there any precedent for it? Or, you know, who you know? Now all of a sudden, you have like one potential buyer, a natural yeah. buyer, and they may not be interested, right? Or they're going to end up paying you a third of that, and then you're screwed. And you can't just coast because
0: the investors are expecting the exit event, so they're pressuring the hell out of you to get to an exit event. But yeah, the other thing is, like, w- from an- investors, it's like a five to ten year investment. For them like it's not even a good deal for them like they've got to wait 10 years to get their money back you know what i mean like if they just bootstrap they 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 should put their money into like a hundred bootstrap companies you know with some kind of dividend payout rather than go for this like vcs you're talking about yeah so that
1: would um, be a better bet for them you know they mm. make
0: they make more money faster they'd start seeing returns sooner rather than waiting for like, 10 well, years. That's, that's essentially the uh, Y Combinator model.
1: Well, no, the Y Combinator are not no, bootstrapped, y- but they're y- just y- small. Com-
0: but, well, no, Y Combinator is still like a 10-year deal. I mean, you don't get your money back. Like, you put your you know, Airbnb, right? That t- takes 10 years yeah, to I get... Yeah, I mean, I think
1: if, like, for instance, let's say that N- Nugget, you created some sort of in, uh, sort of matchmaking, like, investor right. thing. You, you'd want to create, like, some sort of standard, like, this is the kind of investment this is going to be. This is not... We're not following, you know, for people who are on the VC track are people oh, who yeah. are not. And it's, it's like, if you're not, these are people who are looking to pay dividends, you know, to, to offer dividend payments once they read X amount of profit or whatever.
0: Yeah. So you'd have two
1: tracks. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, the VC track. I don't know. That's funny. The the bloodbath. Oh, did I mention convenient I don't think I mentioned the show. Did I tell you that another book picked up? Uh, how, uh did I put how to how to increase your luck service area in it. Yeah, you did. You mentioned that. Yeah. I did, did it on the show. Yeah, you did on the show. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't know show. if I'm because right. yeah. I, I saw the. I was... That was
0: not the last show, but the show before you mentioned it. Uh, okay. It's in the show notes. I got but,
1: yeah. the book. She sent me the author sent me the book. Which yeah. Nice. Can, it's like, can you learn how to be lucky? Is the name of the book. Why? Why is it the bloodbath funny?
0: Why is it funny? No, the you said. You said, that's funny, the bloodbath, that's funny. Well,
1: it's just, it, I mean, it's not funny, it's just its, just, um, it's just interesting It's it, because it's different than kind of what people would expect. I think people would, you'd think, oh, everyone's like, oh, you know, yeah, we bought our, I got enough payment, bought our house, I was able to retire for early and I spent the last 10 years kind of doing whatever, you know, instead it's, not that, unless you're reading, unless you're selectively reading the ones, it just seemed like very few people got exits. I mean
0: it's obviously probably going to be a self-selecting bias in the sense that um people who are adding to that thread are going to say well I don't know I don't know whether there would be a bias to say oh it didn't really work out for me or a bias to say oh it did I don't well, I don't know
1: but you could imagine that people who did really well aren't going to want to go out there and brag and but, say but, oh yeah I made uh, 10 million dollars or made I mean, 5 million dollars off this it's, it's like it's a pyramid I mean like it is a pyramid so the simple
0: fact is the vast majority of people did are not going to do well because very few, even it just, even on a basic business level, like, you know, two in eight businesses are successful, right? That so you're already 80% of people are like, no, going nowhere. Right. You know what I mean? So you're dealing with the, t- the 20%, then out of those, how many do well? I mean, as we've seen a lot of successful companies, you, you go in with a percentage of equity and after five years.
1: Yeah. yeah, Interesting. So let's let's talk Operation Superhero for just a minute. Please, please. So I I've heard I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but I you did. My yeah. elbow has been bugging me. Yeah, been trying to work around it. I think I'm throwing in the towel and I'm going to go get a cortisone shot. Oh. I'm going to doctor's appointment. Okay. So just like I've been it's been last I don't know it's probably been like jeez six weeks two months that I've been sort of trying to lift around it and yeah. I even took like a week and a half off and it's just kind of not getting better. So. Okay problem is cortisone shots hurt like hell. You've had a few of them, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I it did. It's not, that, it's not that a shot just hurts, a shot hurts like hell, that's for sure. But you're like, the next few days are in pain. So it's like something you really wanna do unless you absolutely have to do it, you know? Like if I wasn't working out, I'd just be like, well. What does it do? Why does it fix things? takes on the inflammation. I don't know exactly sure what the mechanism is, but essentially like, you know how you would ice to take down inflammation mm. or something? It's like super ice. It's like, so, so like for my shoulder, what do, you, what, what do you, so I did something to my shoulder that inflamed it. I don't know what, if I lifted something weirdly or was in the football with Colby, I did something. And I spent about almost a year, maybe 10 months, just not doing anything because my shoulder hurt. Mm-hmm. I couldn't lift weights. I couldn't do anything. And I was like, wow, well, I was ice it. And I was just like, eventually it's gotta go away. And it just was not, at first initially I thought it would be, I would just be like a few weeks. You know, in a few weeks, turns into a couple months, then turns into six months, which turns into, and you're just like, jeez, I can't. So, but I was, I, I assumed it meant surgery. And so when I went and saw the doctor, he was, I went to this orthopedic surgeon, there's a place down the, the street, it's like a, a group, and they are like all the surgeons for all the local sports teams and college teams, so they're, they're really good. And um, he's like, yeah, you know, because I, I had an MRI and everything, and he's like, look, why don't we just try a cortisone shot? You know, that, he's like, you do conservative. We can do, you can try some rehab stuff. And I was like, I've been trying that. And he's like, all right, well, you can do a cortisone shot. I'm like, yes, let's try that. And so we did that. And, um, yeah, essentially, it just worked, fixed. Like, a week later, I was good, and it's been fine ever since. Jeez. You know? It's crazy. And so I'm like, I'm like, damn it. Like, why? I lost, like, a year just sitting on the bench. You don't want to waste you. yeah, yeah. And now I was thinking about two months. It's like, am I just, like, kind of screwing around wasting time you know and i'm trying to learn my lessons like you don't want to go running off to the doctor and getting something just because something hurts for a couple weeks sometimes just give it a little bit of time stay off it ice it do some rehab stretching or whatever and hopefully it'll come together but after a couple months if it's just not getting better it's like you know you might just be wasting time because you're gonna set up for another two months it's still not gonna be better and you're just like damn it you know yeah so anyway i've been um I've been getting a lot stronger, so I'm just, why am I excited? But it's like, I'm, I haven't been able to lift very much, like I can only do a few reps, and I mean, a few sets of a few exercises, then I'm just like, ah. Some of my trainer, I'm like, ah, oh, we gotta stop. It's hurting, like I can do, you know, that's it. But you know, I've been emailing back and forth with Phil, or I talk to him, every day and texting about this stuff all the time, but he's, he's strength training as well, and he has a trainer who competes in powerlifting and all this kind of stuff, and he only lifts twice a week. Tuesdays and Fridays, and he's adding like five to ten pounds to his. Let's say five pounds a week to his lifts every week. Who Phil? Yeah, he's he he was squatting. He did like a set of seven squatting of two hundred and sixty pounds full squat. Which, the people are listening, they're like, that's pretty good, you know. And he was at bench. I think he was doing like six of like one hundred and ninety-five, you know, bench, which is pretty damn good. He's getting up there. But the funny thing about it is it's only twice a week. But isn't that what? Doug McGuff, who was on our show, said no, because he, he was doing the uh, those those. Blow, those well, no, moves. but he was
0: saying he was saying you only need to work out once a week because the adaptation happens over the week. He said he said it's better to leave it. Possibly,
1: yeah. I mean, it's interesting Just once a week enough. I mean, I'd, I don't think you have to be like squatting five days a week. I think you're gonna do, you know. I mean, there are people who do that. You know, there are people from Russian powerlifting stuff who would do stuff. How like much that. do you do a week? I do it three times a week, but it's kind of laughing. It's like he's keeping pace with me <laughs> twice a week, but he does. See, here's the big difference between McGuff and what we're doing. What we're doing is barbell training, strength training. It's like low reps, heavy weight. You get stronger every damn week. Um, and when you, you know, when you when you like listen to the top powerlifting trainers, it's like you don't. You're not really able to get that much stronger with machines. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And it was funny. I was listening to this big thing from uh, Mark Ripito, who's like wrote Starting Strength and Practical Parliament for Strength Training. He is like the, you know, one of the grandfathers of strength training in the U.S. And he um, he goes on these rants. He's like, yeah, you know, he's like, my worst outcomes of things I regret more than anything is we had this client back in the 80s and he was this doctor was this older guy who's really frail and he's really nice and stuff and i had my one trainer and because he was so frail i was just doing machines with him and after three years he got no stronger he didn't get stronger at all he's like to this day i is the only time i've ever had anyone allowed to use machines and not barbell training and he's like because you you lift the barbells you strength train you get stronger every single time it's like clockwork about machines. You know, and he was still just as frail three years later. And he's like, yes. I still regret that he would have lived a much better life. Yeah. I would be able to add some strength to his body. Um, so I'm kind of skeptical. I was kind of thinking that maybe you could, but I'm, I've, am i because I tried to do it for a while and I didn't really see that much difference. I'm not, I'm not. Are you going to try two times a week like Phil? Um, no, because I'm trying to do something just a little different. I'm trying to do like the vertical jump stuff. So I have a, little more, a few more things I have to do with explosiveness training and but maybe, just pure strength. but
0: maybe you could try the two times a week just to see what happened and then build yourself up to a point and then flip to the three times a week save yourself some money with the trainer and maybe your body the adaptations happen better
1: uh yeah i don't know i'm, I'm fine with three days a week i think yeah. part of it is i like it yeah like i want to train so the thing is like if you do it too infrequently you're just kind of mentally out of it for me not that two is too bad but i mean again with strength train, with phil is not trying to dunk a basketball. He does, he yeah. does not have, he's not power training. He doesn't have to do plyometrics and jumping. All he has to do is uh, squat, deadlift, overhead press, bench, and heavy pull. That's it. It's five exercises. Yeah. He does four, he alternates between uh, squat and deadlift each day, each of those two days, and he does the other, you know, three or four. So he has to do. And he's getting stronger and more muscular every week. Um, but if he was like, you know, trying to jump, you're doing power training, explosiveness training, you have to do the actual whatever your athletic activity you're trying to do. If it's sprinting or jumping, you actually right. have to do that thing. I see. And, um, and you also have to bridge a neuromuscular gap with like power training, like, you know, jump squats or power cleans or whatever. Anyway, so it's just, it's just more stuff. Like we can barely fit it in as it is. Yeah. So I wouldn't really be able to do the, um, I don't think I would be able to really be able to accomplish it. Um, but it is interesting because we're talking with it's like, you know, and the funny thing is when you're just strength training, so not only are you getting stronger, you're putting on, you're packing on muscle and you're burning calories, you're burning fat. But he's like, two days a week, most of the time you're just sitting around, you know, shooting the shit with your trainer. Like you lift and you spend like three minutes just kind of, <laughs> you do your five reps and then we're just kind of talking like, okay, let's do another set. And it's like, most of the time, you're just joking around, just standing around. And you're like, it's fun. And it's like, we, we calculated, like, okay, so if you did it twice a week, then i reps, you do about as much, you spend about as much time actually lifting weights as you do in a month as you do brushing your teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yet you can change your whole entire body. You can change your life. That's crazy. But people are like, well, I don't have time for that. I'm like, yeah, bullshit. You don't have time. You definitely have time. You know, and you—it's just it's just a. Dis- you need would you need? Does a trainer like maximize it in a
0: huge way, or could you just go in and do it on your own?
1: You could do it on your own. I think that for people who are not um, not experienced at it, it's nice to have a trainer at least initially because they f- kind of keeps you accountable. Yeah, forces you not to not to go too light or to quit too early or to skip a session. Keeps you—they're—they're they're like form Nazis. I mean, they are on your. But about, yeah. you know, pinch your shoulders, you know, keep your course tight, you know, do, you know, keep your knees out, you know, whatever it is, which keeps you from getting injured. And, and it's, it's nice when somebody else has the program and they're like, this is what we're doing today. As opposed to you kind of thinking, well, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. Cause it's easy to start kind of like sloughing off and not really pushing yourself. But if you're like experienced, you know what you're doing, you're, you're very much self-accountable, then you can do it. I do, I have a trainer because I tend to injure myself and it helps with that. Also because I want to do all this like plyometric and jumping stuff and it's like, it's hard to find space in the gym and pull out all the equipment you need, but if he does it. It's like, he's the trainer. Like he pulls out the the ladder, he pulls out the boxes for the box jumps. If you're going out there and you're like pulling all this crap out, you're like, what's this guy doing, man? He's taking up all this space, you know? It's like the trainers kind of do that. So it's kind of nice to have that. Uh they yeah, kinda, you're not
0: the one who's in trouble.
1: They can go in and ask everyone at the rack right, you guys down or are you guys down or moving in here and it's kind of it makes it less awkward. But I, for me though, from a necessity getting heart, It really is like I can't skip a session. Right? If I'm not if I'm not, in, not feeling into it or feel like I got a little work You got to pay the price. Got to. Go. Yeah. Got to go, man. Got to go. Yeah. Got to go. And uh, it's all about consistency. You know, it's all about that you just don't ever skip so anyway, anyway that's the update was there anything else you wanted to talk about any any like I'm sure I could think of stuff but I think that's probably enough for for, for today yeah we should probably actually spend a little bit of time Do, uh, doing a little bit of work yeah right. let's just okay. finish, up the, finish up the messaging for the app yeah alright without the rats we're out